You're listening to audio from First Christian Church. To find out more about us or to donate to our ministries, visit firstabq.org. Well, good morning, everyone. So in the spirit of October, in the spirit of Halloween, and just kind of this fall season, we decided to surprise you guys a little bit with having me preach this week and not... Uh, telling you guys about it. And so the fun part about this is you guys get to decide whether or not this is a trick or a treat, which I think is a pretty fun, you know, a little thing to do in the spirit of the season that we're in. Um, but I'm really glad to be here. I'm really glad that all of you are here, whether you're joining us in person in the pews or whether you're joining us online from in town, out of state, um, anywhere that you are, we're really glad that we get to gather here together in the name of God. So one of my favorite, some of my favorite Bible stories are found in the book of Daniel. Brady started a sermon series last week about how to lose your purpose, and so we're going to continue with that. We're not going to be in Micah this week, we're going to be in Daniel, um, but kind of sidestepping a little bit, and I'm giving you guys lesson 1.5 on what it looks like to lose your purpose, how we lose our purpose and what that looks like um, and how that plays out in our lives. So we'll be in Daniel, and this is honestly where some of my favorite Bible stories come from. And there's a lot of really good ones that are kind of packed into this letter. You know, you have this this story of these these four Israelite young men, is that Jerusalem is conquered, and so the Israelites are kind of spread out and doing all these different things, but they get recruited into this new kingdom under the direction of King Nebuchadnezzar. And so you have these four young Israelites who are, you know, who are fit, and they're strong, and they're smart, and they're just very, you know, very physically and mentally capable. They get recruited to be a part of the, uh, the king's court, the royal court, and the first thing that happens is they get, uh, they get appointed for these, for all these training exercises, all these different things, and they say, okay, you have to eat all of these rations. This is what you're supposed to eat, this meat, this bread, and drink this wine. These are the rations that you have. And so they say, okay, that sounds really good. Honestly, that sounds like a really good meal, and so they do. They eat these things, and they, you know, participate in it um, with the rest of the rest of the trainees and people. And then moving a little bit along, you have King Nebuchadnezzar who says, you know, I really, I want this golden statue built. I want this giant, this big golden statue built. I want, and I want all of the people to worship. I want all of the people, all of these recruits, I want you to worship this six foot tall golden statue. So these four Israelite young men say, well, okay, we'll do it. Because it was either worship the statue or be thrown into a fire. And so they said, you know, between the two things, you know, we'll just bow down and worship the statue because that seems a lot easier, right? And so they do that. And then a little bit later on down the road, you get, you get this new king and making all these decrees and everything and tells Daniel that, Daniel, you got you to stop praying. You got to stop praying to your God because we have some other gods that we want you to pray to. You can't pray to your God, you can't pray to Yahweh, you have to pray to some of our gods. And Daniel even had this window in his house that he prayed at three times. He had this window that pointed towards Jerusalem so he could do his daily prayers. And he said, you know, honestly, between praying and getting thrown into lions, getting thrown into a lion said, honestly, you know, praying is not that important. That's, you know, giving that up is, is a lot easier than getting thrown into a lion's den. And so we have some really cool stories, right? 
We have some really, you know, we have these things that are there. And they're cool stories. They're, they're really fun to read about and really cool. Um, so I hope that you guys are looking at me a little funny. I can see some of you doing that. Um, because if you know these stories, if you, if you know these stories in Daniel, if you've read them, heard them in Sunday school, you know that that's not how it goes whatsoever. So, I, yeah, I promise that I'm not, you know, um, misremembering anything. And I hope that you guys, you know, we're catching on a little bit, but that's not how these go at all. That's not, that's not what happens. That's not how it goes. Because at every opportunity, these young men, they took a stand and said, no, we're not going to do what you're telling us to do. We know what we need to do. We know what we're supposed to do. We know who we follow. We know what we do, and we're going to stand firm in that. The examples that I gave you are what these stories look like if we lose our purpose. If we lose our direction, if we, if we lose what we're focused on, this is what it looks like as we kind of just cast stuff aside and say, eh, it's not that big of a deal. That's what happens when we lose our purpose is these, these really cool and these really powerful stories get just transformed into, you know, eh, they sound good. They sound easy. There's not a lot of power in easy. So now that I've gotten settled a little bit more in Albuquerque, uh, I have a, I've had the opportunity to go back to the gym, which I've really enjoyed getting, getting to work out, actually getting you know, some exercise, because I'm trying to get in shape for snowboarding season. I'm very excited to live in a place where there's easy snowboard, ski access. Um, I'm really excited about that. So I went back to the gym so I could actually you know, go snowboarding and not pull or tear a muscle, um, because that doesn't sound very funny either. So I've been going to the gym and working out more, which has been really nice. I've tried, to, I've tried eating better. I've tried you know, doing all this stuff, a little bit healthier diet. And what I really like about being in Albuquerque, being in a bigger city, is that there are so many options for healthy food. There's Trader Joe's and Whole Foods and Sprouts Market. There's farmer's markets all around. There's great food all around here. And most of it's pretty healthy, which I really, really enjoy and appreciate. So I've been trying to eat a little bit more healthy. Um, but, unfortunately, um, I really, really like sweets. I mean, I really do. I'm a big dessert person. It doesn't even matter. It, you know, it, chocolate, pies, cakes, you know, candy, all these different things. I just love sweets regardless. I mean, it's just, I, all kinds of desserts are my kind of desserts. Um, so every time I go to the supermarket, you know they have these big giant stacks and displays like right when you walk in of all these baked goods, all these cookies, cupcakes, normal cakes, brownies, all this stuff. And I'm a sucker for it every single time. Honestly, they, you know, the marketing stuff and the way they structure it is genius for people like me. Um, because every time I go to the supermarket, I can't help but pick out something sweet. This week, I picked cupcakes um, because they have black and orange little sprinkles on them, um, and they looked really good. I also really like icing. Uh, so I picked cupcakes. Been trying to eat healthy, trying to go back to the gym, do all that stuff, but every time I see the cupcakes or the brownies or whatever sitting there, I can't help but pick them up and put them in my basket. And I'm not one of the, maybe some of you uh, are people that lie to themselves. Maybe you lie to yourself and you pick something out of the store and say, okay, maybe, maybe I'll only eat one or two. 
I'll eat one or two and then I'll throw the rest out or, you know, give them to the kids or something. I'll, you know, I'll do that. I, I don't lie to myself like that. I know exactly. As soon as I put these in my cart, I know at some point I will have consumed every single one of them. I'm not, I, I don't play games with myself. I know exactly what's going to happen. So every single time I go to the store, pick up something sweet, and honestly, I just can't help myself. I, I really can't. I love dessert. And they're really good. To be completely honest. And maybe I'm making some of you jealous by eating them. I know you can't have any because they're mine. And I'm not sorry about that. But I really just can't help myself. Because they're so enticing. They look so good. The sweet frosting, and then you get to lick the rest of your fingers, and mm, they're really good. I've got leftover frosting in my mustache for later. It kind of all works out really well. I just can't help it. As I see sweets, I see it, and I'm like, I know that these are terrible for me. I know that I just undid like three days of workouts at the gym. I know I'm going to have to go later to make up for that. And for the other cupcake I'm going to eat in second service. But they just look so good. And I think this happens to us more than we care to admit. And it doesn't just have to do with food. It actually rarely has to do with food. It has to do with so many other things in our life. It has to do with so many other things that we see that just look so good. They just look so enticing and so tempting. And we think, if I can, if I can just get a taste of it, if I can just, just get a little bit, if I can just, you know, just get a bite, ooh, then it'll, it'll fulfill all my cravings, it'll fill, you know, then I'll be fine. I'll just get one taste and it'll be okay. But, if you're anything like me, you kind of just end up shoving the whole thing in your mouth. Or you end up eating the whole carton of cupcakes, which will happen over the course of this weekend. Because we see things that are so enticing. And we tell ourselves, it's okay. We can, just, we can just bend, we can bend just a little bit. We can just give a little bit of leeway, a little bit of slack. We can give up just a little bit and it'll be okay. But the, rea but the reality is, is we give a little bit for one thing. And then we see something else that looks even better, even more enticing, even more tempting. And we give just a little bit more. A little bit more leeway, a little bit more slack. And then we see something else that just looks really good. Just, we just can't turn it down. Just can't, we can't say no. And so we give just a little bit more. And a little more. And a little more. And soon we're so far from where we started, and we look back and we're like, man, what happened? 
What, what happened? How did I lose track of this? How did I get so far off course? How did I get so far off this path? See, this is what happens in our life when we see sin, when we see, when we see temptation. We'll say, oh, we'll just give in to it once. Uh, just twice, just three times, and just keep going and going and going. When we lose sight of what's important. When we lose sight of God, we say, you know, God's there and I know God's going to be there, but okay, I'm going to turn a little bit. I'm going to give a little bit of leeway. I'm going to take a couple steps over. I'm going to take a couple steps away from God. I know it's bad for me, but I'm still going to do it. This is what it looks like, and this is what it happens when we lose our purpose. When we lose sight of our purpose, we get further and further and further, and we place ourselves further and further and further away. We create more distance between ourselves and between God. Because what ends up happening is we lose our purpose when we lose track of our spiritual diet. We lose our purpose when we lose track of what we're actually working towards, what we're actually doing. We lose our purpose when we, when we lose track of what we're actually consuming, not just physically, not just food-wise, but especially what we're consuming spiritually. Because everything that you consume affects your spiritual life. You know, if I sit there and I scroll through Facebook and all I do all day long is sit there and I look at Facebook and I especially look at the angry comments on Facebook. You guys, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? There's a, there's a lot of them. I can go to any page, any person, anything, and I can find a lot of, you know, mean, angry, spiteful, hateful comments on Facebook. That's really easy to do. And you can spend hours looking at them. If that's all that I look at, What do you think is going to be going on in my head all the time? Just replaying all of these angry and hateful and ignorant things. Just can be all of those. All of those are contributing to my spiritual life. If all I do is turn on the TV and I, can, I turn on Fox News or I turn on CNN and I sit there and I watch that all day, what's going to happen is that's going to affect my spiritual life. Because what happens is the things that affect our spiritual life, our personal practices and our convictions are what actually affect our actions and how we live our lives. The things that we consume in any way, shape, or form affect how we live our lives. The things that we consume spiritually affect the words that come out of our mouth, affect our actions and the way that we treat and talk to other people and the way that we perceive the world. The way that we perceive God. So if all I'm doing is putting all of my hope and all of my faith and all of my energy into any specific political candidate, and my hope is in them, not God. They are affecting my spiritual life, and they are dictating my spiritual life, and God isn't.
And Daniel knew this. Daniel and all of his friends knew these things from the start. Because as we look at the story, as we look at the progression of some of these stories, it starts, it starts right in chapter 1. When they received the royal rations. These, this was supposed to be the food that was going to make them big and strong and fit. And they were going to be, going to be do all, doing all these exercises, doing all this training, doing all this stuff. They were going to be ready to protect the king, ready to be a part of this, this massive, this fit army. Ready to conquer anything or protect the king from anything. They needed to be strong and they needed to be fit. And so they received these royal rations. But Daniel and his friends... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They see this and they say, they say, no, we're not going to partake. And it didn't really have to do with their physical diet. Is the thing, it has to do with food, but it had to do more with spirituality than it did with their physical diet. Because there was a possibility that this food wasn't clean by the Jewish purity laws. And they said, we're not even going to take the chance. We're not even going to put the stuff in our cart. We're not even going to think about it. So we're just going to stick to vegetables and water. We're not even going to think about trying food that might possibly be unclean. Because they, they would have been going against God. The, the possibility of going against God stopped them from even making, thinking about making that compromise. Because they knew exactly who they were. They knew exactly who they followed. They weren't going to waver on the things that they knew. They weren't going to waver on the truths that they stood on. They said, we know exactly who we follow, and we follow God. We're not going to compromise that. So we're going to eat vegetables, and we're going to drink water. Everyone else can drink their stuff, and that's fine. But we know what we're about, and we're going to do that. We know what's pure, and what's good. And we're going to stick to those things. And you see it progressively, you know, goes more and more. As you move from, you know, just a simple diet, just a simple, you know, what you're consuming, you move from that to this, this tall golden statue. King Nebuchadnezzar says, you know, you need to bow down and worship this. I built this, and I think it's really cool, so you need to bow down and worship They say, no. We really don't, because we don't bow to false idols. We know who we follow, and we know who we worship, and it's not some golden statue. We worship God. And then moves on to saying, you know, Daniel, you can't pray. You can't pray to your God. You need to pray to our gods or not pray at all. Daniel said, you know, I need to pray. I'm going to pray to my God. I'm going to do these things because this is what I do. This is who I stand on. This is who I trust. This is who I believe in. But you see, at the beginning, what happens if you just, you just make one small compromise? And then you make another. And then you make another. What happens going from, you know, oh, I'm just, you know, oh, fine, I'll eat these foods. And then you get to, you get to worshiping false idols and you get to not even praying, not having any type of relationship or connection with God. See how quickly you can fall off of what you said you stood firm on. Say, well, I believe in God. You know, okay. You know, these Israelites, yeah, I follow God. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, freed the people from Egypt, has all these laws, you know, all this really cool stuff. You know, but eh, 
you know, I'll take the chance and eat this stuff. Progresses from that, eh, you know, I'll bow down to the golden statue. Eh, I don't really need to pray that bad. Is this escalates pretty quickly. So what these stories show us, and when we think about what it looks like to lose our purpose, is all it takes is one small step in the wrong direction. All it takes is, you know, just casually moving more and more and more away from God. Is it escalates pretty quickly. Soon you're relatively far down the road, you look and you're like, wow. I don't know how it got here. I don't know how this happened. I don't know how, how, how this happened so quickly. We lose our purpose when we lose track of our spiritual diet. Daniel and his friends knew exactly what they were consuming. They knew exactly what they were consuming and knew exactly what they didn't want to consume. They knew exactly where they weren't going to compromise. They knew exactly where they weren't going to even try and take steps to. They knew what they stood on. They knew who they trusted. They knew who they believed in. And they knew that it didn't matter if they got thrown into a fire or not. That God was still going to be with them. Is that being thrown into a fire was a better outlook than compromising everything that they believed in. And so for us, the question is, is it worth losing my purpose? Is it worth losing my convictions? Is it worth compromising everything that I've come to believe in? Because if we're focused and we're invested in God, we don't have to look to all of these other things. We don't have to look around. We don't have to look on the other shelves at the supermarket. Because we know exactly what we want. We know exactly who we're putting our faith and our trust in. We don't have to look for other areas and other people and other things to put this faith and trust in. Because what we consume in our personal practices, the things that we look at, watch, see, believe in, they deeply affect every aspect of our life and what we do with it. Because, we, because if, you, if you know the story and if you go back and look at the story, you see what happens on the opposite side of this. You see King Nebuchadnezzar who went from being part of the, the kingdom that conquered Jerusalem. I mean, so you, you, get this, you get this power high, and you're, you know, you're feeling good, you've got all these, you know, these strong guys who are willing to protect you and die for you and doing this, and you go from that to you know, having a dream that's really confusing and really frightening, and you go from that to you know, worshiping the God that, worshiping Daniel and worshiping the God that Daniel's telling you to worship, and okay, cool, and then you go from that to building this giant golden statue and getting mad when people don't worship it, and you go from, from that to being publicly humiliated and exiled by the next guy that comes along. See, Nebuchadnezzar had absolutely no purpose. He was just kind of going with what sounded good at the time. He didn't have purpose. He just wanted things that sounded good. He wanted things that fed into his own self-interest. He, you know, he believed in him, and that was about it. 
and was willing to kind of compromise and do whatever other people told him, you know, oh, this is good, this is what you need to do, this sounds cool, this sounds, and he said, okay, you know, goes along, right along with it, and ultimately led to not very happy ending for him. That's what happens when you lose your purpose. Daniel and his friends knew exactly what they were about, knew exactly what their purpose was, knew exactly who they believed in, and said, this is who we worship, this is who we follow. We are not going to compromise on these things. We are not going to compromise on our convictions. They knew their purpose. And so do we. We follow a God that's going to transcend anything that this world has to offer. Any temptation, any desire, any other person or thing that we could possibly want or be tempted by. God transcends all of that. And says, if you're focused on me, I can help guide you. I can help you. I can help move you along. I can help move you in the right direction. I can help these things, you know. I can use you to continue building the kingdom of heaven. We've got to stay focused on God. We've got to know what is in our spiritual diet and what does not need to be part of it. We need to know what we're consuming, why we're consuming it and how we worship God. So, there's a couple of examples of how we lose our purpose and how we stick to it. So I encourage you guys to stick to your purpose. Stick to what you know. Stick to our truths that we find in God. Stick to our foundation that we have in God, in Christ, and the spirit that lives in us, that directs us and guides us. That we can stick to the spiritual that, that helps us. It's built to help us, to keep us on track, to, you know, to guide us and to give us the things that we need to continue to pursue God. So I hope that we can continue to do that. Because as good as cupcakes are, I'm going to be feeling the effects of that for a few days, and not in a good way. So I encourage you guys to stick to your spiritual diet. Find a good spiritual diet. Find you know, things to, good things to consume, things to stick to, and continue to stick to our foundation in Christ. Will you guys pray with me? God, we're thankful for such a beautiful day. We're thankful that we can continue to just meet and worship you, God. We're thankful that you do transcend all of these things, all of the all of the problems and worries that, that come with this world, God, we know that you continue to stick with us through all of these things. We know that you will continue to be, be there with us through good times, through bad times, through sickness and health and all of these different things. God, we, we know that you are with us and you are going to continue to guide us. And so we pray that the things that we consume can glorify you, that we can continue to glorify you through all of the things that we do in our everyday life. And that our love can be a reflection of yours. That we can show people what it means to follow you wholeheartedly. We're thankful for you. We're thankful for this day. And we're thankful for your son. It's in his holy name that we pray all these things.